they had a a birthday party for Chris after um full gear and all the pictures I was like I wonder if Cody was there. <laughs> I wonder if Cody showed up to that. But my favorite was it was sponsored by everyone's favorite seltzer water, Boobly. <laughs> so it said happy birthday Chris and underneath it Boobly. I want you to know every picture I saw of that Chris Jericho was fucking wasted. <laughs> so I've never seen Chris Jericho look more like the Undertaker. Like, like the two of you in Vegas wasted. Yeah. Like, I was concerned for Chris Jericho's well-being. No, that was just me. Thank you. Scotty was trying. He was trying. <laughs> Scotty tried his best. Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly show of professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I had to start it at this point. That's I figured we would just add it in. We were just, like, ad-libbing it. Like, we, I figured we had already started at this no, point, honestly. because we got to get introductions. It is me, the B, Blakey T. Oh, he returned. He's returned from Saudi Arabia. How was it in the airport? Uh, it was horrible. Uh, Zack Ryder was still there. <laughs> <laughs> He lives there now. He was yelling at me about how much better the fucking La Cava de Tequila is over the Edison. He was, he was, he was ranting to everyone who would listen to him about how the action figures from the late 80s were the best WWE had ever produced. And they were listening. Didn't understand a word he was saying, but they listened. Yeah, writers uh, joining my group of people on Instagram who I refer to as Instagram as assholes. Ron Strowman joined that group today because someone on Twitter, like, he sh- he showed a picture of, like, a shot he had made because Braun Strowman loves guns. And uh, he put a dime next to it and someone commented and said, oh, you'll get him next time, Braun. You'll hit that dime. And he said, the only shot you've ever made is in fucking Call of Duty, you loser. And I'll, then the guy was like, I'm a big fan. I'm sorry. I didn't. I was just, I was goofing. I was just new boot goofing over here. I didn't mean, I didn't mean any offense. My son will be so happy that you responded, though. <laughs> like, oh, no, Braun. Oh, God. Now... Even if I didn't have a son, that is, like, I don't have a son, but even if anyone didn't, that's what they should have responded. Because, you know what, once somebody just kind of claps back at you like that, I'm like, (laughs) alright, it's time to make you feel like shit. Also, uh, I am the bad boy of podcasting himself, Scotty Moore. I just go here, I'm the (laughs) villain. You just show up. I, uh, nobody's kicked me out yet. It's impressive, really. I like that we're trying to get to a point where we talk less and less about WWE, and it, like, they fucked up so bad this week that it's like, we have to. We've got to discuss all the shit they did. We gotta say something about it. We've got to- <laughs> Which is why I've got the flask out. Was- oh, that was impressive. I, there was a brief moment where it was like, it just kind of appeared in your hand, and like, I was surprised, but I didn't question it. Like I feel like we're at that level in our friendship. Yeah. I'm really, ha- I'm really happy for me us. Me too. This um, is actually the flask that my friend Michael got me when he went to Vegas a couple weeks ago from the Pioneer Saloon in Good Springs. Ah, yeah. We really need to go back so we can visit that because Double or Nothing's going to be there again. We can. Hell yeah! I need to get me some Good Springs. Let's go. So anyway, uh, no, no. First <laughs> off, I have to address the glaring, the glaring issue for this uh, in 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 my mind. Uh, 
The distraction roll-up is still being used as a fucking finish, and I need that to stop immediately. Wait, when now? When did it get used now? Oh, the women's tag match, yeah. Asuka rolled up Becky because of the yeah, distraction. Yeah, Becky, the ref wouldn't let Becky attack Shayna. That was the first point. Like, even though she was up on the apron, the ref was like, no, you can't do that. Like, and and, and the fact that Becky didn't just, like, cold cock him and then go about it was, was her. But it was the fact that Asuka could have easily got up, missed, or, like, her sweet, like, like, fucking high-kicked Becky. No, schoolboy roll-up, one, two, three. Like, the fuck? Do you think... The actual fuck. Do you think that WWE is, like, trying to... Like, they saw what Girl Hebner's doing in, in AEW, and they're like, we need to get the refs more involved. We need to get them there. We need to have the refs stop the match. Yeah, we need to have the refs, like, assert some dominance, and they're just not doing it good. And Bryce Remsburg's like, we can be dominant? What? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've, I've, I've always been a bottom. <laughs> I love Bryce to death, and it hurt on uh, on full gear when they were like, and the referee for this match, Bryce Rimsburg, to a chorus of boos. And I'm like, no, guys, Bryce is awesome. He almost came I on just the remember, show. I once. just remember when we were at uh, we were at Fighter Fest, and I saw Bryce, I was like, hey, Bryce! And he, like, he was like, oh, hi. Like, he was surprised someone recognized him. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a good... I really wish I could get Bryce's signature. I would be like, You're, you and Rick Knox are the only refs I really care about. Like, no offense to Girl Hebner, but, like, I've... I've seen your work for years and, like, bless mm-hmm. you. But, yeah, going back to that match, my favorite comment about that mixed t- or the women's tag match was Brian Alvarez, who goes, So, let me get this straight. Last week, Natalia taps out one of the tag team champions. She taps out Asuka, and this week... Charlotte and Becky Lynch get a shot at the titles. What sense does that make? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, first off, I no, hold on. I, I see I see the problem with your logic. You assumed logic. That uh, was where you went wrong. Uh, uh, I just It was the same logic where they were like, we have a really good tag match, like triple tag match between like like uh the frickin' War Raiders, uh Undisputed Era. Yeah, War Raiders, Undisputed Era, and Dash and Dawson. You know what you know what would really make this better? If we just had Dash and Dawson lose, uh they're already disgruntled. Let's go ahead and make that worse. Yeah. Uh yeah, they're not going to they're not going to NWA at all. What are you talking about? Oh man, we got a bunch of disgruntled people this week. Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna show up in AEW with Arn Anderson as their manager like we should have fucking done at least twice. Yeah. yeah, no. That'll never happen. They're not gonna go to the company that preaches tag team wrestling and delivers. Why would they do that? You mean the company with the best tag team division right now? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I haven't watched Power. I can't guarantee that. I've heard a lot of good yeah. things. I do love Homicide and freaking Eddie Kingston teamed up this week. Like that sounds dope. Yeah, and I will say it's a it's probably a pretty close shot right now between AEW and NWA. Yeah. Now I Which is words you didn't expect to say ever. <laughs> right. Now I I will say I love I was going through wrestling ink and I go backwards. And I love that. What's her name? It's not Catalina. What's the the valet they gave to Sin Cara for all of what? Oh, you mean the one that was immediately sent back yeah, down? I saw that post of she has been removed from the WWE roster already. <laughs> scroll down a little bit more. Sin Cara asks for his release from WWE. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense, actually. That, that tracks. 
to the best thing is the best thing is like so Raw's taped right now, yeah. Yeah. Because it's in the UK. And like so that announcement came out yesterday morning. Yep. And then yesterday evening, you saw him just take ridiculous bumps for Drew McIntyre. Yeah. To a sound of indifference. <laughs> like deafening indifference. And McIntyre was there. He's fucking Scottish as hell. And like nothing. Not a goddamn thing. And you have to like you have to believe that after he took the power bomb outside from Drew, that he was just like, I don't wanna fucking be here anymore. <laughs> like yeah. if you see that spot, he landed hard. Yeah, he had a like, hard flat flat back bump. And you have to know that that was like, nah. And he he has apparently like three more years left on his contract, but like he's I'm I'm pretty sure they'll let him go because he's like I just want to go back to Mexico. Uh, oh no no no! They've already denied the request. They are not letting him leave. They have, however. Wow! Sent him they already home. came out with a statement. Yeah, yeah. They've sent him home. Oh wait, really? Yeah, yeah. They sent him home off the tour, which is a weird thing to do because it's like, it's like okay, you don't want to work here. We'll pay you to sit at home. <laughs> I mean, it's pro- it's just the bare minimum. What do you think the bare minimum for Sin Cara would be? Like, to pay? Like, yeah, like, the n- no more appearances. Like, you just get paid to exist in this company. He's worth at least uh, 10 Kelly Kleins. So <laughs> at least 260 thou, I think. Yeah. At very least six figure. Low six figure. Which, like, I'm sure he can do fine off of. Yeah. I'm sure he can make, make the rounds in, like, Mexican media. Fuck. <laughs> Also, I would die for, like, lower-level six-figure. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that Brock Lesnar wins a title the very next night. He is out on SmackDown like, Hell yeah! I'm the champ! I've done it! I have seen surprisingly little of Bray Wyatt, other than a Firefly Funhouse segment where he's like, This is my belt. I got my belt. I'm champion, and then he attacks Daniel Bryan backstage, which which is exciting, but you'd think they'd do anything to let people know, oh, this is the champion, by the way. It- no. <laughs> Wait, are you- hold on. Have you not seen the shit show that is SmackDown on Fox? Have you not seen the shit show that is every WWE show currently? No, 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 NXT is still- Pulling, pulling pretty good numbers. They had the, they had the, the club invade. I still call them the club. It's been pretty steady. NXT has been increasing. Um, AEW has been going up and down. So like, I think they're finally hitting their stride numbers. Like, well, no. Here's the thing. You, you can't do it. So here, here's the thing. When every day is Christmas, it's not Christmas anymore. Yeah, exactly. So like, every week they have like main roster people show up, and like. Survivor Series. That's not gonna happen. That's not viable anymore. Yeah, it doesn't make sense anymore. Right. And like, people aren't going to care because it's not going to. It's not going to develop a storyline. It's just gonna be like, and this week special guest. Like, eventually, like it can go up, and then if they don't find something else, it can go down. That's how it worked. Yeah. I can't wait. And for I the don't week. think they've considered the long term bits yeah. of it. Like, WWE not considering long term. Yeah. What? No, no, no. NXT. No, NXT is Hunter. Like, like this is surprisingly short sighted. Yeah. yeah. I, I still think that like the big TV move has changed a certain level of outlook on NXT. So I could see if they start losing long term more. I think it's just because they're on TV. Like for some reason, as soon as something goes on TV weekly live. 
Like, the long-term stuff, it's just so easy to go out the window. And WAR GAMES! Yeah. this I mean, this show turned shit once we started going live weekly, which I believe happened uh, 20 episodes in. So, you know, it's all been downhill from there. Yep. The key, the key is to forget that we're saying it, doing anything live, and just ignore, just ignore the discard. By the way, fuck Gazi. Uh, <laughs> oh, let me check to see if Gazi's here, so we can, we can. Oh, I don't care. I know he listens to this. He'll know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the fun story from this week. <laughs> Dylan just pops in our chat one day, asks, "What's Gazi's first name?" Uh, that's what his real name yeah, was. Yeah, was, what's Gazi's real name? And I don't know if he wants us to say this live, but fuck it. I go. Oh, his name's Dylan as well, and I just didn't reply. Fuck! Damn it, I hate him even more now! <laughs> no, I said, I'm going to shun him even more now. <laughs> I'm going to shun him even more than I already do. There's a long-standing rivalry between all Dylans. It's like the Highlander. There can only be one, and they're always bad. Here's the thing. My, one of my best friends down here in Florida is named Dylan. <laughs> but it's the fact that all that shit happened with him, like with all the other things in his own, his own weird, like, 2K thing where I look like a fat bouncer. <laughs> and, like, I'm just, I'm done with this motherfucker. <laughs> well, he made me win the Hot Topic Championship or whatever the hell he calls it. <laughs> this is, uh, this is, of course, why... Dylan has not met Gazi yet because yeah. we fear for the boy that pays us money. So he pays you money. Nobody pays me anything. Well, nobody. I don't get any of that, so it's okay. I don't. I don't get any of this. I am not contractually obligated to be nice to anyone. I mean, look at the way I talk to the two of you. We're contractually obligated to be mean to Gazi, so it checks yeah. out. There we go. So before we get into talking about good wrestling, I do want to. End the WWE talk with, hey guys, what do you do when you have, when you're a lead babyface in your company is hated by everyone in the United Kingdom who surround him with a chorus of boos for a segment? You pull a full Roman Reigns and you change the audio. <laughs> you pull a Goldberg. It was, da da, it was <laughs> da da, this sucks, da da, da da, da da, this sucks. Except instead of burn it down, it's now edit it down. <laughs> Where is what has Roman been doing? Is he doing it? Ah, fuck it. Who cares? Anyways, AEW was amazing last week. And before we get into the actual pay per view, I do want to discuss the greatest video package that they've ever done. Because last week we talked about how Cody is like, oh yeah, we make fun of WWE because, you know, that's the, that's the rules that have been, been in place for playing with tropes. Now they're playing with their own tropes and their own bullshit with that Jericho thing. And it was the they've, greatest... They've thing. gone meta. They've gone meta. <laughs> I don't know how... I don't know where it goes from here. Yeah. Shit's getting dangerous. Which, you know, I, I, I'm surprised it took them list this long. Yeah, I was I was watching it like I wonder if they're gonna pull a full and then Virgil popped up and I went oh they are it's happening, oh. dude. Line of the year, line of the year is Chris Jericho's potential is like Olive Garden breadsticks, unlimited. <laughs> I am that's right up there with MJF say, saying you want to go to you want to go to Applebee's and make fun of Corby. <laughs> like those are neck and neck. For, like, line of the year for me. I don't know what a goat is, because I'm not a farmer, but Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And then, what was the what was the woman's name? I forgot. 
Uh, like Deborah uh, Bobski. You you named yourself that in our chat. Exactly, and that's why I, I, that's the one name I don't get to see regularly. Patricia Bobski. Patricia Bobski, and just that moment where she's just like, "I fear for for Cody, because Chris Jericho's gonna beat the shit out of him." I'm like, fuck, Patricia. Okay. I thought it was a. It was. I love everything about that. That was that was accented by by Cody giving like the promo of his life. Oh yeah. Well, hold on. We can't talk about that one yet. Because I do I will... need to say Patricia Bobsky, of course, Clint Bobsky's mom. Yes. No. But sister. So uh, that happened, and then, I mean, AEW Dark was dank. They ran it early. They ran it on like a Friday. Oh really? Which. Which was stupid, because I forgot they did that, and I was waiting around to watch it today, like a dumbass. Um, what were the matches? Uh, I think... Because, as we were talking about before the show, Chuck was on commentary. Chuck Taylor was on commentary. The first one was Big Swole versus... I'm so happy Big Swole got signed. I'm super hypey that she got signed. Yeah, hold on. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was against uh, Re. No, not Rio. There was a. There was a, that other. Mm, she. She was in the match that we watched in Vegas. Oh, oh. She, she was the only one that had like the different. Like she had her own separate entrance, and she was like all cooled out and had like a, a fucking uh, like sword with her and shit. Uh, I I remember her. I can't hold on. Hold on. I'm looking at. I got it right here. Will Ospreay. (laughs) Oh, Hikaru Shida. Oh, Shida. That's right. Yeah, Hikaru Shida. And that was actually a pretty good, a pretty good match. Arn Anderson was on commentary for that, and like it was actually pretty good. Like, don't get me wrong. If Arn Anderson didn't work for AEW, I would love to have Arn Anderson and fucking Jim Cornette doing doing commentary and freaking NWA. That's like. Ooh, that would that be would, good. That's that's pretty that great. That would be perfect uh, for NWA, yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose and Leva Bates took on uh, Shaza McKenzie and Shalandra Royal. Those second two people don't matter because it was basically a handicap match. I will say um, there was a huge bid afterwards to get AEW to shine, sign Shaza. Like everyone on t- – like it was trending hashtag sign Shaza for a while because everyone loves her. Yeah. <laughs> is she the blonde? I don't even remember which one she mm-hmm. was. Anyway, uh, highlight of that match, besides uh, Leva Bates' ass on the outside, um, was, dude, her. Sh- they've talked about it on the internet, and they're right. Her shorts get shorter and shorter every week. Yeah. <laughs> every week. At first, I, at first, I thought they were just joking. But, like, this last week, I was like, no, no, they've, they've got a point. They've got a point. She's fucking with us. Yeah. Would you look at that? Would you, would you look at would you look at that? Especially because the camera zoomed right in on us um, a couple times. Listen, man, I'm not going to ignore that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, at one point, Nyla throws, uh, I think it's Shazza, into Leva, knocks Leva off the edge, and then Leva just gets back up on the apron and just starts reading a book and drinking her coffee on the turnbuckle because <laughs> she knows she's not going to get tagged in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she got the first win for the librarians by doing nothing. She's like Luigi. Yeah, good shit. Anyway, uh, oh, um, big big thing for me is the hybrid two and uh, and Kip Kip Sabian, uh, who I will now refer to as the super bad hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Um, they took on SCU, except uh, they replaced CD with Shima. Fuck. And... <laughs> I know, right? 
Oh, we're gonna take this. We're gonna take this twenty-year veteran and replace him with another twenty-year <laughs> veteran. Like he thought. We he were... thought they... By the way, the, in that match, the least amount of experience that anybody had was Kip Sabian at nine fucking years in the mm-hmm. business. Like, uh, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in professional wrestling. Kip Sabian, who is bu- apparently just going to build his own little mini stable with the hybrid and Penelope Ford. And I like someone... Uh, that's real. You know that's real, right? Wait, what? That's who That's who she left Joey Janela for. I mean, I love Joey Janela, but I will say, bit of an upgrade. But, I like, someone tweeted at him and goes, Are you going to be feuding with Kip Sabian since he took Penelope Ford? And he goes, I would rather quit AEW and go back to delivering pizza. <laughs> that was a good tweet. Yeah. Which is which is fair, because, like, that shit never works. Oh, yeah, not at all. And, like, I'm sure that was already a shitty time in his life. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by when he talked about his uh, his non-existent Twitter game at his breakfast in Vegas. <laughs> did you know about, um, did you know that MJF used to date Alley Cat? I didn't know that either. Apparently that's a thing. Yeah, I knew that. I heard about it. I, I think someone talked about it on Squared Circle. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. at one point, uh, I believe uh, he did a parody of the Joey Ryan proposal spot, legitimately convinced Alley Cat that he was proposing to her, and then got a roll-up victory and then flipped off the entire crowd. Crowd. Beautiful. Living the gimmick. He is, he really is. But anyway, Kip Sabian actually really, uh, really, well, his ring gear doesn't. His ring gear still looks like he's, he like, he, he it's, it looks like he saw a retro episode of, uh, Nickelodeon gacked, and he was like, that'd make good ring gear. Yeah. And, like, I just can't get over it. I'm just like, dude, did you stop by, like, Universal and, like, break into backstage and, like, just steal some cloth from somewhere? <laughs> like, get some legit ring gear. You wear a black, you wear a black leather jacket that missing a sleeve. The other sleeve just has, like, super bad written in, like, the Joker writing. And that's what he went with for gear. Yeah. Like, I'm, I've never been more disappointed in something. The hybrid, too, it makes sense. Their gimmick has been we wear black, yellow, and green for, like, four years. Okay, we need to talk about full gear. All right, fine. By the way, uh, by the way, by the way, Scotty, how excited are you for tomorrow? Oh, shit, yeah, I guess we should say, your boy is all elite. And, I, Blake, you should have told me you couldn't go sooner, because that was when my dad bought tickets. Like, the minute he found out you couldn't go, I was like, fuck, if Blake had said this sooner, we might have gotten better seats. <laughs> but, uh... Where'd you get your seats at? You in the nosebleeds, I, boy? Um, he refuses to ever tell me where we sit, so I always seem surprised at where we get to sit at. So I actually do not know. I am I am hype. I, I oh I wonder. I, I do. I love this is one of the reasons why. Like I know your your dad doesn't like me that much. But I love your dad. Like when he does shit like this. <laughs> and I I am hype. I get to see MJF cut his first fully fully realized heel promo. And I also just want to say I do love this because Scotty loves to pass this on by not telling us a damn thing about anything he does. <laughs> Oh, I expect him to just be like, like fucking, like selfieing. Oh yeah, yeah, being like the best friends are here. No, no, no. I, I think he means that any shit that I do with you guys, uh, taking back to when we went to Vegas, and at one point I just turned to you guys and were like, "You guys ready for the after party?" Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we got three VIP tickets, and you're like, "Wait, what the fuck? How?" I'm like, "Shut up. That's how." It was. They were cheap, and I was just like, "I really wish." Uh, that's why I want to do this again. Like what, but not be sad the whole time. Yeah. I really feel like that would, en- 
I really feel like that would improve my experience. You didn't enjoy going into a Twin Peaks sad like a zombie and then sitting at the bar and just like, coffee, give me the coffee. Drinking black coffee while like two like fucking nearly half naked women were walking around. Yeah. I have to admit, them being there did improve my mood. <laughs> that's actually that's actually honestly probably some of the best coffee I've ever had. Okay. So, uh, yeah, anyways, Full Gear happened. I don't know where I place it. I definitely put it above Fight for the Fallen because I've yet to watch Fight for the Fallen, and based on our reviews, I no. shouldn't watch Fight for the Fallen. No. Actually, no, you should watch, you should really watch the Kenny versus Shino yeah. match. That, that shit's Because right, but... right now, I think I am at Double or Nothing is at the top, Fighter Fest is second, maybe Full Gear, and then All Out. Because All Out was great, but... Damn, Full Gear had some great matches. So I don't want to go down the card. I feel like there's only three we really want to focus on. And I'll start with Riho and Sakura, which until Kenny Moxley happened was easily my match of the night. Oh, yeah. I I was really, really betting on that being a fantastic match. And it delivered in every way I wanted it to. Yeah, because it wasn't just... It was like the perfect teacher-student storytelling match. Like It wasn't that they had a bunch of, like, ooh, high-flying, impressive moves, which, I mean, they did, but it wasn't anything that stuck out. It was the storytelling of seeing, like, Sakura at the beginning of the match with, like, red eyes because she's crying at the fact that she's facing off against her student on a, a massive pay-per-view and this big company and freaking out about that. And I was like, oh, this is such a beautiful storytelling moment. My favorite was still when she set up for the uh, surfboard and then leans up and looks at the crowd and goes, hey, and starts doing the uh, Mercury runs from um, Live Aid. And, and then does the surfboard, stretches out Riho, then drops and rolls and keeps rolling with Riho in the surfboard. And I'm like, this looks horrifyingly painful. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Romero special, baby. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a fantastic match. I Which really... I love that they brought so much storytelling to the match because it did have... Like, it was a very sudden build. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those... No, it was no build, don't lie to me. But it was a good match. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, wh- what's the other? Because I know the, ma- the 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 dark. Ma- what's the the second match we want to talk about? Um, I was going to talk about the championship match. I am going to talk about it a little bit later, but I I feel like that's more about what surrounds the match. But yeah, Jericho and Cody put on a clinic after Cody. Like here, this was the exact moment where the, I realized the match was going to get that special energy. It's when Cody <laughs> runs. <laughs> Oh, and he face planted on the ramp. The most artistic face plant I've ever seen. Like, usually that's what you get for doing a raised ramp. It never works <laughs> out. Look at ECW. Look at that bit in TNA where they did that stupid shit. Yeah, because like Cody's entire body face planted and like moved a few inches, just scraping his face, and, I, and he came up bleeding. And I was like. Oh, this is what this match needed. This is that real fucking Dustin Rhodes Cody shit I need. <sighs> like, ah, yeah, you do. I'm glad that was a good match. How was the uh, How was the Bucks match? I actually that was like the first match I just got there. I didn't pay attention to it a lot because I was still like we we had a watch party for it, so I was still kind of like communicating with people and trying to get shit settled. I will say. Ricky Morton hitting a fucking Canadian destroyer at the end of the match was definitely one of my spots of the night. 
because I see him. Wait, all- what about the what about the bit where Santana got hit with the super kick and he did a did an enhanced Ric Flair? Oh, <laughs> where does that? That was great. Where does that rank for you? Because it ranks really. Because everybody was like, "That's stupid." I was like, "Have you ever been hit so hard that you went wobbly?" Because like I've watched some knockout vids yeah. on like Reddit where I, where like people it wasn't quite that like overblown, but it's damn close. Yeah, yeah it's like you don't always like. When you get knocked out, you don't always just immediately drop. It's like, if you're knocked out for just a split hair of a second, then you just, like, half your body goes down and you flop back up, and it's crazy. Yeah, granted, he did overdo it because he, he did a standing work. <laughs> uh, Which also, is fine, because that's that's shit I love in uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, everybody's like, I hate that bump and I hate the flare bump. And I was just like, well, you're dead inside, yeah. and, like, I need you to just You know eat. what? You can eat a dick, live threads. Yeah. Also, also, I will say, I told you guys about this in uh, on the Fight Boys chat, but one of my favorite things online is hearing JR listen to Excalibur give, like, the legitimate original name for moves and then be like, that's just an Alabama slam. What are you talking? That's all that is. <laughs> so, like, as he was going through, like, someone hit an STO, and he's like, that was called a rock bottom back in my day. <laughs> and then someone hit a to- <laughs> I think my favorite was um, someone hit a tope suicida. Just I don't call that a suicide. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just like that. Yeah, that's what it means. That's what <laughs> tope suicida means in Spanish, Jr. And then <laughs> Excalibur is so bad about corpsing because he just starts speaking in Spanish to Jr. No, he tried to call it because earlier in the night he called tope suicida, and Jr. was like. Okay, I guess that's what that is. But then J- he let Jr. call it, and he was just like, "That's that suicide tapada. T- it's what that is." And he goes, "Tope suicida, Jr." Yeah, I call it a suicide dive. I love, I love Jr. But he can, he can still have some of his off nights. I love Jr. I also love that all of Jr.'s merch on pro wrestling tees is just ripoffs of Seth Rollins's merch. Yeah. It came out like the week after that little rivalry started between Jr. and Seth. Straight, straight ones. I, I hope, I hope he sells more money. I mean, he'll get more money per shirt, probably. Maybe not overall, but like the cuts better. And uh, and the quality is too. The the only thing I'd love to say about the championship match uh, that hasn't has, I want this. You know, it's wrestling, so you know that the stipulation is never going to stick forever. Yeah. But I want that stipulation to hold out for a long time. I see it as like I know a- it will. Like they're all like dead set. They're like, we're not gonna WWE. Yeah, this. I see it as like a like a Tommy Dreamer never winning the ECW title until WWE ECW happened. Like that's how I feel it. Like Cody is the Tommy Dreamer, just like the company guy, and that's it. Yeah. So a lot of Which like I, I'm, I'm like, on the one hand, I'm, like, almost taken aback and, like, sad for him. On the other hand, like, the most mad respect for being, like, I am the vice president of this company. I have never won a true world title, and I won't win this one. Yeah. And, like, you, like, like, just, that's why he lost the match. He, he was, he was too encumbered by dragging those brass balls <laughs> around. And carrying that fucking company on his shoulders. Jesus, Jesus H. Christ. Like, nobody, hardly anybody else would have done that. I mean, I hope the Bucks don't do that because their division kind of needs them to win the championship. I do agree with Meltzer at one point. Like, they're putting people over, but, like, they're getting a little too, like, much with it. Like, they need to start rolling it back at some point. 
Um, but now finally a match that the following day I woke up and numerous different new, like news articles were like, did they go over the line? This match seemed like it was too much. It was, and it's John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. And I'm like, did, did we watch the same match? Cause yeah, the, there was, I mean, apparently the, the end spot was fucking paradigm shift on the exposed yeah. wood, right? Yeah. That bit. That bit was the bit where I was like, okay, maybe. But everything before that... Honestly, I will say, like, I didn't even feel that bad about the paradigm shift. I, the thing that I felt the most uh, about was uh, that Phoenix splash, right? And Kenny just landed his face right on that wood, and I'm like, that cannot feel good. Oh, yeah. Like, that was, a not, that was similar to the Cody bump earlier in the night, where I was like, he just hit face first jesus christ but i think what culture released a video today basically defending the match and they go it's not that the match was brutal it was but basically the match set you up to expect brutality so really all they had to do was that spot with the barbed wire in the beginning and then suddenly every other spot seemed a lot more vicious because of that Right, and I think that like the level hate was a, the 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 level of hate was established, and then that really propelled everything. Yeah, past. yeah. Because even even Meltzer was like, I watched it again. I still hate it. But if this had happened like fifteen, twenty years ago, it would have been known as one of the greatest matches of all time. Right, because even on the other side, people were already comparing it to like Foley falling off the cell and things like that. Yeah. I mean, the spot where Kenny has Moxley down and sweeps his back with the barbed wire. I got, I was like, I want more blood. Why is there not enough blood? But my favorite was still, it was right after the first shot Mox took with the barbed wire, where he stands up and his face is perfectly clean. But around his neck is just a crimson collar of blood pouring down. I did love the spot where, like, Mox was just crawling through broken glass to break a hold. Uh, that was actually where it became my match of the night, where I believe in the chat I described it as Moxley John McClaning his way across the ring. Yep. Yeah. I believe, uh, my favorite thing was afterwards, you're like, am I a deathmatch guy now? <laughs> I think I'm a deathmatch guy now. I would say that's one of the best deathmatches I've seen because it was... There was still a level of tastefulness to it. It was an artful death match. So, I mean, Kenny Omega, no matter what match he is in, wants to make it the best that match that exists. And he definitely has the spot for, like, best death match because he took normal Kenny Omega technical mindset and applied it to this absolutely brutal match. Mm-hmm. By the way, my favorite thing when you said, am I a deathmatch guy? That was, it, it mirrors a line from when the best friends interviewed Biff Busick. Yeah. Uh, back when he was uh, known as that, and they were like, "Oh, you're the you're the CZW champion. Uh, you uh, you a deathmatch guy now? Big deathmatch guy?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so when you said that, I was like, "I know that wasn't a callback, but still, yeah. I mean, the moment that you see Kenny like yelling at the Bucks, like, bring it out, bring it out, and the best storytelling comes from the Bucks, who are like." no fuck you like you're not about to do this and kenny like gets in close just like you fucking bring that thing out right now and then they bring out this massive barbed wire spider web that once again is like kenny's ultimate instrument of death and he's about to one-winged angel through it i'm like oh shit okay Mm. well that didn't happen and they instead took a vertical suplex which is the move which is like the worst move to do there because the vertical suplex 
both people are fucked. Yeah. Like, somebody's fucked a little harder. But when it comes to barbed wire, you still fell at least your height into barbed wire. Right. Yep. That's not going to be, oh, the ripping. Yeah, that was the worst part of it. Wasn't the suplex itself? How did they get out? I never saw that bit. Like, because it looked like they were essentially like hammock stuck in barbed wire. A uh, security team helped out Moxley, and then the Bucks helped out Kenny. And then I can't remember if. Oh yeah, yeah. Moxley backed up against the full gear sign, and oh yeah, and Kenny Kenny V triggered him through it. So I feel like that should have. He hit him so hard that Kenny's face smacked the top of the board, and Kenny got hurt worse than Moxley did. And then Moxley crawls out of it, and then you see Kenny like the fucking fiend just stand up behind it, staring maniacally, like I got you now. Yeah, I feel like how far into the match was that? Because I really feel like V trigger through, like when Kurt Angle suplexed like like uh, McMahon through the the glass at King of the Ring. I feel like that could have been the end right yeah. there. That match was forty minutes somehow. Like that was the fastest forty minutes of my life. Holy shit! Yeah. Again, I really hope that they make those matches affordable so I can go back and watch them. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to afford that, Dylan, you can always get a little help from our friends at patreon.com slash load of BS. That's the website where you can go and support the Fight Boys. You get shouted out every show, uh, every episode of every show. Fuck, I'm so bad at this. Fuck you, Gazi. You also get access to our Discord and access to me and Blake's exclusive show. You paid for this where we watch terrible movies and commentate over them. Blake's gone, so I can say this with absolute certainty. I'm going to force him to watch Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector again. We did it last year. It's just going to be a yearly tradition now where we watch that terrible Cable Man's bad, bad film. And if you want to hear it, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, Dylan, do you stand by the tweet you sent me earlier? Which is... Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Which I I had that in a flash of genius. Which is uh, at Sean Spears. We always believe you to be our perfect ten. No, no, you'll always be a ten to us. Ten out of a hundred. <laughs> Are we playing the game of let's see if we can get blocked tonight? Yeah. No, nah, I'm just kind of sick of him. Yeah. I mean, he beat he beat the good good Joey Janela guy, and also he's married to Peyton Royce, so I already have an intense hatred for him. Uh, that doesn't bother me one way or another. I've got a thing for Australians, man. I'm just saying. I mean, like, we all have our stuff. <laughs> we all got our things, baby! I do like that uh, Peyton's birth... Appar- apparently mine is, like, really intense, like, Asian female wrestlers. Because, yeah, yeah. like, there's there's Asuka, and then who's the one Chinese chick that, like, just looks like she can bench press a football team? Yeah. <laughs> The poor woman isn't even on NXT television. Like, she's legitimately talented. I've seen her stuff. She's not on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say on Monday, I think it was Monday was Peyton Royce's birthday, and they filmed a video of just the Iconics walking around backstage to different superstars and being like, have you got an idea what today is? And Seth is like, Monday? It's Monday, right? That's what today is? No, no, no. You need to, it, like, they're doing it to everybody, so, uh, and... By the way, that's the worst Australian accent I've ever heard. It was life. a very quickly done one, but my favorite is when they go to Asuka and uh, Asuka and Kyrie. Oh yeah! <laughs> and they go. Have you got? Around- I don't care. <laughs> you have any this is why. Ladies? This is why she'll never not be one of my favorites. There's no way. 
They've tried so hard to make me dislike her, and everything she does just makes me like her more. Yeah, it's just like they're going around and seeing everyone's reaction. Like Seth was just like, "Oh, happy birthday, Peyton," and um, I think Kyle O'Reilly was one of the other ones. And Kyle was just like, "Happy birthday!" and jumps up and hugs her. Then it cuts to fucking the Kabuki Warriors, and Austin just goes, "I don't care!" and screams it. She deserves baby face of the week just for that. Does uh. Does Kyrie then do her maniacal laugh that I now love? No, no, no. It cuts uh, after that because it was a very quick uh, cut. Dude. And at the end of it, it's got them sitting there eating cake. And Billy Kay's just like, it's all right. All we really need are each other. We need the iconics, right? That's all we need. And Peyton's acting sad. And she goes, I'm just kidding. I've got cake. And then they just start nomming down on cake. I really want uh, you to tell me that the Kabuki Warriors came in and took their cake. <laughs> they smashed the cake. Well, despite the fact that Asuka definitely deserves to be everyone's baby face right now, let's get to our heels and baby faces of the week. Do we want to start with the positives or the negatives? My positive is pretty short, so... Yeah, let's start with our positives, because there's one negative that I feel we will focus on quite a bit. Alright, so my, my, my baby face of the week is Montez fucking Ford. <laughs> yeah, baby? <laughs> Putting the ultimate warrior to shame, brother. <laughs> that he has the most cardio endurance for just banging those ropes up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. I, I saw someone on Reddit make a comment. Oh, man, it must be terrifying to have sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> just grabs the arm. Nah, it's Bianca Belair. Like, like, I fear for him more than yeah. her. Because, like, if you watch every time he does that, he is the most in sync with his pelvic gyrations with that rope. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I will say, uh, we've got a three-peat this week, guys. We've got a three-peat because I was watching AEW Dynamite last week, and Cody comes out, and he's just like, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be something exciting. He just goes, I'm just not going to challenge for the belt anymore. And then proceeds to cut the greatest promo I have heard in years. And then I went, well, fuck, he's the babyface again. Damn it, I can't, I can't not make him babyface of the week again. And then he puts on that clinic with Jericho. Yeah, like, he's, he's had a real good week. And I will say, uh, this is gonna cross over, Dylan, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to skip you, with Blake's heel of the week. But the storyline is told so perfectly well. I wish they had stretched it out a little bit more because I really wanted more of like MJF and Brandy interfering to get Cody the championship shot and basically having your ultimate babyface have two heels flanking him and like right. doing diabolical. Like I said, I wanted Cody to be the Macbeth of pro wrestling, but instead they pulled the trigger on the MJF thing. Which, and to where it just turns MJF into the Iago. Yeah. Yes. And um, although I, I'll talk about I'm him. I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you've read read that. No, I was calling you the bird from Aladdin. <laughs> but I will say before Blake gets into why he's such a diabolical heel, people on Twitter were like, "Why would he do this? This is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense." And I'm like, 
actually it does. Because MJF's entire character is that he's manipulating Cody. Because he knows Cody is the head of AEW, he is the top guy, and if MJF wants to claim the throne, essentially, he needs to hitch his wagon to Cody. Then he sees Cody getting beaten down and embarrassed by Chris Jericho, blood pouring from his forehead, and he is immediately disenfranchised with everything he thought Cody Rhodes was throws in the towel, gets in the ring, and says, fuck you, I'm done with this shit, because I can no longer use you. I can talk more about that later, but uh, Dylan, you can talk about your baby face first. Huh? Oh, I, w- I was just gonna say I, t- I told you so for the fact that Kenny Omega's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, I say that every week, and uh, I haven't been wrong yet, so... I, 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 is there someone here that's doubted you? No, cut to tomorrow, I'm at AEW, Kenny drops the N-word, and we're like, wait, what the fuck? Kenneth, no! Whoa! Kenneth! I will say he's made one mistake, which is the guy, I think we talked about it on the show when we went to, uh, I can't remember if it was this CEO or last CEO, where apparently one of the people in the opening act was- no, that was last Was year. a sex offender, and everyone was like, Kenny, why would you do this? That guy last last week got called out for hiring a hitman to kill a prostitute. So that's that's Kenny's one blight on his record, and that's it. Uh, t- to be fair, as he stated, he didn't put that match together. He was like, I let the ring crew be like, hey, you guys put two guys. You guys can, can be in the dark. Yeah, yeah, And that was who they chose. <laughs> yeah. Just fine. But, uh, yeah, no, I was, like, I was, I mean, I, I I made the hard pick that I knew wasn't going to happen, which means I'm, I think, a half point behind Blake and, like, four points behind Scotty right. or something. That's three points. Uh, oh, God, yeah, Dylan, you and I are tied, basically, except for my half point, and Scotty's got 63.5. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, but Survivor Series is coming, and like, I don't even fucking know with that one. Like, well, especially plus it's a bunch of plus it's a bunch of triple threats, so we could just spam that thing we do where it's like triple threat. All right, we all have to take one. Except, except it's with with the way it's set up now, we all have an equal percent chance in every one of those matches because any one of them could be the one where like, well, we have to let NXT win one. And of I them. will say. I have already made a prediction, apparently, because earlier today I made a joke saying that Nakamura's gonna win because he's the king of strong styles, and Dylan goes, that's it, you can't turn back, <laughs> you've made your decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're gonna make bad jokes, I'm just like, alright, that's the price, that's the price of dad jokes, asshole, congratulations, yeah, just leaves your the- child can't hold you to anything yet, but I can. Which left Dylan immediately picking styles, so I was just left with the remnants. I mean, to be fair, you have a good chance because North America is technically bigger than the United States. So <laughs> therefore, by that by that decree, like, Roderick Strong should have a better chance. I mean, obviously Nakamura is going to win intercontinental. He's got more continents, but like <laughs> you know, you never know. It, that the pay per view is being held in America, so that's why I think AJ's got a shot. So like you know, really, it can go three yeah. ways. So wait, hold on, Dylan. Was your baby face of the week? Sure, just saying. Kenny Omega, let's move on. <laughs> I'm saying Kenny Omega, and like it's it's really so you know you know there was the thing Kenny Omega, uh, a love letter to wrestling. Every week on here is just just Kenny Omega, my love letter to Kenny Omega. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. The Dylan, a love letter to Kenny Omega. <laughs> it really yep. is, dude. Like I'm, 
Every listen, everybody's got their favorite wrestler. Most people are like, I remember when, but I get to live it. I've been living it for years, and like, there's no greater yeah. feeling than right. just because I was on the because I was on the upswing for his like international popularity, and like I'm still riding that shit because now he's got national popularity, and I was just like. I feel like a hipster. I was like, I was ground floor, motherfuckers. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Day one. I was there. I love that day, anime. Day dude. one. Day one. He showed up in a leather jacket with Wesker hair, and I was like, that's my dude. <laughs> that's my dude now. All right. So, as we've alluded to, my heel of the week is MJ fucking F. Um, because, I, you know, sometimes we don't do actual, like, heel characters. Just, like, someone who's done a heel activity. But MJF just deserves the spot of being... A top heel. By the way, yeah. By the way, I, I want to point out for the record, also the security for that venue is the heel because a guy threw his beard at MJF, they kicked him out. He did the correct thing. How dare you punish him for it? My favorite part was MJF realizing what just happened and then smiling because he did his job right. He, he looked, yeah. saw the. F- it's like that. It's like how it's like how Punk talked about how. Uh, some lady like jumped the barricade and was like, You are the devil and he turned to to Galilee and was like, We did it <laughs> Yeah. Um but there's a there've been a lot of like um people posting interviews and stuff uh for MJF like leading up to full gear. One of my favorites was he was doing a uh someone asked him a question about Cody and how he's latched on to Cody and he said, Now listen, the way I do this in this business is you know, we're swimming around in a pool full of minnows. And Cody? Cody's a shark. And I'm a shark. But Cody, Cody's a great white. So Cody gets to feed first. Yeah. And I'll be next. And it was like, there's the one thing that's just like, oh, you're planting the seeds there. Yeah. Only problem is those seeds sprouted right then. Yeah. Next week. Was was uh, Sean Ross Sapp the one who interviewed him? And <laughs> he was like... I interviewed a th- I did a 30 minute interview with MJF and I just now realized he unplugged my microphone at the beginning of the Yep. Um there was also another uh, someone was interviewing Cole Cabana and MJF just like busted up in the interview. It's just like fucks up, dad. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you come into AEW. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah. Did you see clips from, because uh, StarCast was po- posting clips from MJF's um, meet and greet all weekend. Yeah. And, and the whole time he was just like, do you pay for, uh, do you pay the whole hundred or do you pay two hundred? And they'd be like, a hundred. All right, you only get half my face then. And then he'd turn away from the camera and only show like half his face. They're, what's what's your name? Oh, I'm Samantha. All right, Samantha. Whore. Awesome. There you go. And he, he did not put her name anywhere on there. What's your uh, name? Jacob. Fatty. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And which is like, that's the experience. <laughs> you, you need to understand for. at a certain, at a certain point, like, I, I really want somebody to ask him like an out of, like, does it weigh on you just being that big an asshole all the time? Yeah. Like, do you, do you ever have moments of doubt where you're like, is this the right way to go about it? And he'd probably be like, no, never, not even once. But, like, I want, like, for real. I've seen one out-of-character video, and it had to have been, like, early in his career. But he's, like, hanging out with fans, and he opens a beer bottle with his teeth and starts handing them out to people. And I'm like, oh, shit, he is a real person. It's like his uh, farewell speech from Wrestle... Uh, not... Is it Wrestle... No, not Wrestle Pro. Uh, Creative Pro, which is the company that he got it tattooed on his leg. Like, he's... 
He's a big, that's the company that trained him and all that. And he cuts like this heartfelt promo the entire time about how amazing or creative a pro is, how amazing the trainers are, everything. And then at the end, he just goes, and I just want all of you to know, I didn't mean a word of that. Fuck you guys. And holds up the middle fingers as he exits. And it was so good. Yes, that's perfect. Are we to my heel yet? Go for it. Uh... So the worst segment in the history of WWE uh, happened this oh, week. Are we, uh, Scotty can verify. Are we sharing a heel this week? Because it's mine too. Oh yeah, no, dude. This was this segment sucked too much to. We're just gonna have to combine the time. I assumed this is what you were talking about. Where you were like, we're gonna have a segment we're gonna talk about for a while. I assumed I yeah. assumed we were talking about. Oh yeah. This. Uh, so. They've somehow managed to concoct like just the worst. The worst thing ever. Like I can't even see an out uh, oh, at no. this point. Just to end the story. There's there's nothing. There's literally nothing they can do. Like And also even if Rusev even if Rusev beats the shit out of Bobby Lashley, like that relationship with Lana on screen, that's fucked. Yep. So like you lost a good like a good thing there, like like you could, you're sure you could fully like job out Rusev, but like, what do you gain from that? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, like, and the worst is, I mean, we'll we'll skip to the end right now. The pregnancy thing. She's probably not preg actually pregnant, right? Because she does jump on his back at the end and tries to lock in a headlock, which means yeah, yeah no. She she was like, "How dare you fell for it?" And I was just like, "What the?" Fuck? Well, with that, I'm but like, apparently they they apparently they had sex on a tank, so like you know, high five, go yeah. Rusev. But I, I mean, done like, the same, given the opportunity. Well, she never, she never said, "I got you." She never said, "I'm not actually pregnant." Meaning that either it cuts with just a very flaccid, "No, nah, I was lying." Next week, or then we go down a Lita Schnitzky angle, where like fucking Rusev causes her to lose his baby, and then that's gonna get. Now it's in contendership for the worst angle ever. Not just like this year, this this decade. You've, you've combined the terribleness of the of the Kane Snitsy Lita angle with the terribleness of like the Matt Hardy Lita Edge angle, yeah. and like really weird that Lita was in both of those. <laughs> yeah, I was about I to say about. like I just feel bad for Lita at that point. Really do, uh, but yeah, no, there's oh, fucking. Fucking hell, because I mean, like I like I said, I know Rusev is probably. I'm sure he's doing fine. I'm sure this is like five percent of his life that he just has to deal with, and the rest of it he just has fuck money from Saudi Arabia yeah. and like a hot wife that he wakes up to every morning. Or you could, um, you could be, and like even though she doesn't look as hot without makeup, he's still just like, nah, dude, that ass. And like he just goes about his day. He wake up, he wakes up, he matchkas, he like gets a workout <laughs> in after in a shower. Dude. And then he just wake up, you know, machka, eat machka, a shower. Machka. At that point, you really need to uh, work out, shower again. You don't want to walk around with that. Maybe, maybe do some light reading. <laughs> machka again before I head out. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> get rid of that machka musk. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he's doing really well. So, like, I don't feel bad for him because it's very. It become very clear that Rusev is in this for the money at this point, based on his Saudi Arabia answer. Yeah. He was like, "They're going to pay me a fuckload of money. Of course, I'm going to go back." Which is great because um, I think it was it was Jake Hager that uh, just like, "Listen, just drop her and come here. Come on." 
Yeah. Yeah, but, but like, Rusev gets paid a bunch of money to do dumb things, but he still gets to be on TV, and, like, he's company manning the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. So he's he's third down my list of people who I feel... He's he's second down my list of people who I feel really deserve a, a, a WWE ch- or Universal Championship run at this oh, point. Oh, easily. Number one is number one will always be Cesaro. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's number two, uh, just because like he could just pull it out of nowhere. Like I know he could just be like, yeah, he's good for the Universal Championship against like I guess I assume Debra is gonna win it back at some point. He could just Machka kick, fucking win it, and just be like, yeah, oh, time to Machka. You're the first dude I've matched in a while. Also, he's got such mad charisma that I forgot. Like, I forgot he had that. And then he comes out to the ring during this segment, which we'll get into that in a minute. And I was worried that he was also going to be speaking as bad as Lana was, who apparently was trying to remember how English works at bits. But instead, he just walks out and was just like, so... First, I am a sex addict, then I cheated, and now you're pregnant. What the fuck's going on? And I'm like, oh, thank you. At least you... Does he, does he actually say what the no, fuck? No, no, he's just like, what, what's next? And she's like, are you calling me a liar? And he's like, I'm just saying. Like, he is... At this point, Rusev cares so fucking little about this. About, in character, he doesn't even care anymore. Like, last week, he he ended it by just being like, you can have Lana. But tonight, your ass is mine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a great line. And that's where he is now. Now he's just like, I just don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm going to show you how I match in the mornings now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bobby Lashley better hope he doesn't get shown that. That's, so I hear that's traumatizing. Have you actually watched the segment? No, I refuse. Oh, it's so I bad. With, with Cold me, refuse. it was the opposite. It was because it was pre-taped, obviously. And so everyone on Twitter was like, this is the worst segment they've ever done. And that was enough for me to be like, well, I gotta watch it now. I gotta see how bad it is. And all I can no. assume is maybe they rewrote it like right before Lana went out there. But she is struggling the whole time. So she's just like mumbling through words like, so um, just want to let you guys know, seven weeks ago, I had sex with Bobby Lashley. And the way I remember that is because seven weeks ago, I had sex with Bobby Lashley for the first time. And I'm like, that's not, that's, that's the same thing. You said the same thing. You just said it twice. Also really specific. Like, yeah. No one is that specific unless the bit calls for it. Well, I mean, the bit does call for it because the, exactly. it's nine weeks ago, whatever. Um, but then she's like, it's our sex anniversary, everyone. And I'm like, that's not how that works, period. That's not how that works. At, if you said maybe like two uh, months. Did, did, you, did, did you see Renee's? You see Renee's Twitter? Sex anniversary? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Renee's Twitter, by the way, is a secondary baby face this week because a that and b all of her reactions during the Moxley match because it would just. Oh yeah, I hear Christmas movies are a great palate cleanser. Yeah, she was just like, "What the hell?" And then at the end of the match, retweets it. Seriously, what the hell? <laughs> Uh, dude you know you know john got a phone call later where she was just like hey honey uh what the fuck and your your voice got real deep and serious hey are you actually dead yeah (laughs) so is kenny dead (laughs) so the 
the match, or not the match, the promo then goes on, and she just keeps rambling, and then she's just like, and last week, I got hit, so Bobby Lashley, my amazing boyfriend who I love and care for, and by the way, someone on Twitter was like, oh, that's how I always love refer to the people I love most by their full name every time I have to mention them. Uh, she goes, I had to go see a doctor, and he told me I was nine weeks pregnant. And it looks like you guys, you guys don't know math here, do you? Because you're all dumb, right? You're dumb people and you don't know math. But I had sex with Bobby Lashley seven weeks ago for the first time, which means that I've got his 15-pound machka baby in my stomach. And that's all she was. The rest of the promo was just her being like, it's in me! I've got this fucking 15-pound beast in me! What was, what was it that Xavier Woods tweeted? <laughs> it's like, I've seen 10 pound. Like, it's going to destroy that woman. She's going to, like, rip. <laughs> Listen, I'm Xavier Woods, confirmed sex expert. Watch my videos. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's if it ever comes up for uh, for one of them being like, yes, I'm a, no, it's Joey, Joey Ryan, local sex pervert. <laughs> Except, except Xavier Woods can be like, Xavier Woods, confirmed sex pervert. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, WWE backstage, CM Punk came back. Wait, 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 wait what the fuck? You can't just say that! You can't just throw that at us right now! I literally want, it was posted like 15 minutes ago on Reddit. You can't, you can't just do that! You can't! As the show is happening, you can't be like, Hey, Scotty, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? He's back! Uh, his contract is with Fox, not with WWE. Okay, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, but what? <laughs> but he just came out! I haven't watched the whole segment, I've just watched they've got backstage set up. And then I was just called the personality ends. <laughs> Well, my baby face of the week is CM Punk. He's back, baby. He's returned. My audio is that clip where Paige is just like, wait, this is a rib, right? And she shows up and she's like, oh my gosh, you guys never tell me things like that. Renee Young is doing like the we are not worthy freaking, uh, freaking bow from Wayne's world. Like he just, he just comes up in like true CM Punk year too. Fucking jeans, black t-shirt. Gray, gray hoodie, gray hoodie jacket. Uh, fucking love well, him. <laughs> I mean, there's no, we can't keep, uh, that just made me forget the Lana segment ever happened. <laughs> My boy's back, he's here. I was... Here, let me, let me help you. Let me, let me summarize the resume. Rusev comes out, yada, 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 places we've had sex, tank, other place, other place, tank, really want to drive home the tank sex. <laughs> um confrontation about that bobby lashley um beat down again rusev leaves to golf claps um <laughs> it was that's it, it. Was big at the front front was people just being like hell yeah rusev oh, they, yeah, they they literally chanted they they cut this out the crowd chanted boring throughout the entire segment yeah all of it every bit of it I'm, just, I'm sorry, I just watched the full segment with Punk coming out. Oh, God. Yeah. 
I do love the fact that we're still trying. We're still doing, trying to do the show. Meanwhile, now we're all huge punk marks. We've tried to hide it, like because he's not in wrestling. We're like, we don't want to get her. We don't want to get her hopes up. We don't want to. That's he's he's gone. That's that's we put that in the past. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then he shows up again, and we're just like, fuck it! Yeah, like, we're like kids again. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, internally, all three of us at once are just like, yeah! Fuck yeah, baby! I don't, I don't know if it'll show up on the, like, if you watch the video back, but you'll see the moment where I check out of this conversation to watch that video for the first time. It's clobbering time! This summer, two men save the world from who you ask everything invading robo penises this show is not about those two men <laughs> this show's just a load of bs the show are blake tanner and scotty moore make up dumbass movies like that we're your personal think tank we're your two white guys which fills the quota for a mm-hmm. podcast i think and we're just gonna be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut that's right except no substitutes ladies and gentlemen because this is that pure uncut yes <laughs> good good uncut so boys we've talked fucking i don't care so you pucks back baby <laughs> Almost an hour and a half, including our intro shit. (laughs) So why don't we go to a little company I know and love, a company that loved to bring in CM Punk one day, the JWF, for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I am your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by one of the Trace and Los Trios Tangos, it's Captain Tibbs. That's right, Sills. When I think I'm out, they pull me right the hell back in. That's right, Tibbs, because we are on our way to one of the top JWF pay-per-views of the year, Los Trios Tangos. A show dominated by that very match, Los Trios Tangos, were two teams of three. Face off in a vicious elimination match to see who's the best in this year, Tibbs. I mean, we've already got some amazing matches announced. We we found out last week that you will be joining Momoa Curry in a Los Trios Tangos match against the men known as La Flambeau. That's right, Sills. Gonna have to save the world again. <laughs> Just business as usual for old Tibbsy. That's right, Tibbs. But I mean, speaking of Los Trios Tangos, if we gotta talk about that match, about that pay-per-view. One of the most historic ones came just two years ago when the team known as the VWO faced off against Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and Scott Moore in a match that ended up ripping them away from this company forever. But they've returned, haven't they, Tibbs? With a vengeance. That's right. Not just a vengeance. With a fourth man, the man known as Clint Clouds. He came out last week helping the VWO absolutely decimate the men known as the Dynasty, which is, of course, those three men, Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner, Scott Moore, and, of course, their fourth man, the Dylan. And last week, Clint Clouds came out, and he evened those odds, didn't he, Tibbs? That's amazing to see it again, Sills. Clint Clouds, of course, a veteran in his own right, someone who I, I didn't think I'd see in the ring again, but who inspires 
me every day. That's right, Tibbs, and the VWO have come out to the ring, and I think they are going to respond to what they did to the Dynasty last week. Let's have a listen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello. Griffin Clouds here. It is officially Los Trios Tango season, and that means it's the most exciting time of the year. You see teams formed, alliances created, lines drawn in the sand. Ah, it's amazing, great. Yeah. At least it, it's amazing for everyone in the back, you see. But for the Cloud family, for the VWO as a whole, at Los Trios Tangos, well, it, it makes us think of embarrassment. Embarrassment hands of the men known as the Dynasty. You see, well, it was just two years ago. Scott Moore and the BSA beat us and stripped us of our titles in a terrible, painful, grueling match, and they kicked us out of this company. Can you believe it? But you see, I think about that then... And now I see us, now, today. And that just reminds me that Dynasty, no matter how hard you try, you can never keep the VWO down. We will always come back, and we will always be ready to fight. You can never stop a family like ours. You can never keep us away from the ring. It is proven time and again, like when my brother bravely returned, no longer as Travis, but as the mythical, as the powerful Hammer Man. That's right, Griff, because I'll be honest, I tried. I, I tried to stay away, I tried to obey the rules of that match, and I tried to blend back in with society, but every Monday... I'd be right back in front of that TV, and I knew that this, that the JWF is where I belong. That this ring is where the VWO belong, and so I returned, and eventually, the rest of my brothers did so with me. And along the way, we reminded everyone exactly why we belong in this ring. We won championships, tournaments, and we proved our worth in this company, which I guess is why Captain Tibbs never actually kicked us out. But you see, something still itches at the back of our heads. Something still isn't right, and it's that albatross around our neck. That one loss in Los Trios Tangos. That one embarrassing night. And we want revenge. And it looks like we aren't the only one because last week, shocking everyone in the arena, including ourselves, we witnessed the return of a legend. Before our very eyes is our daddy, Clint Cloud's return to help us take on the dynasty. Yeah, that's, that's right, Trav. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Hammer Man. Because you see, last time this scenario played out on our TV screens, I was sitting home in West Virginia and all I could do was watch. Watch as my sons were unceremoniously beaten down by the men of the dynasty. 
And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I knew my boys needed help, and I'm more than willing to give it to them. But I didn't just return to be moral support. I didn't return to be sitting on the sidelines. I returned because I want to help my boys get back what they deserve. And that's the JWF championships that are currently around the waist of the dynasty. So I want to do something a little different. Something out of the ordinary. Something that's never been done before. You see, the dynasty has four men in their ranks. And thanks to my return... It seems so does the VWO. So why don't you four put those titles on the line against us in the first ever Los Cuatros Tangos match. And we'll see exactly which family is stronger. Oh my god, Tamsin! An amazing challenge issued by the VWO, a Los Cuatro Tangos match. Who ever heard of it? I don't know, Phil, but it's made now. We're gonna do it. Uh, it's gonna take everything I want to watch this match, knowing that I'm gonna have to be competing the same night. All four men on each team going at each other. Watros! That's right, Tibbs, and not, it's not gonna be for nothing. The JWF captain's title, the JWF tag team championships, it's all gonna be on the line. It's winner take all. This is astounding. I love it, Sills. I'm all in for it. That's right, but Tim, speaking of that, it looks like we got two matches announced, and earlier today, you announced what that third match was going to be. Could, could you give us some info on this brutal eight-man match? That is right, Sills. I decided to put eight in the ring, in, well, let's just say it, a ladder match, a match where you have to climb to the top, claim your spot as number one contender to the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. And I like to think of that match as the International Waters match. Eight men going out where there are no rules just right. In the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the rough seas, and trying to clamor to the top, trying not to drown, and trying to drown everyone else. That's right, Tibbs. The international waters match, it's going to be fantastic. And, oh, wait a minute, I'm getting news right now that apparently a former JWF tag team want to make their return to the JWF right now, and it's in the form of an interview. And it looks like Tibbs, the Rat Sension, Rat Boy Connor, Victor, they've returned to the JWF. How do you feel? Well, that just kind of puts a damper on my announcement because I never really liked the two of them, but that's fine. That's fine. We need more bodies. All right, Tibbs. Well, let's hear what the Rat Sension have to say. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald backstage here with two men who haven't exactly graced our TV screens in quite a while. It's the team of Rat Boy Connor and Victor the Rat Sension. Now, boys, I gotta ask, we haven't seen you since the Regal Rumble this year. That is a 10-month absence for you. I mean, what, what brings you back now? Well, you know something, McDonald? I'm glad you brought that up because... That Regal Rumble, that was a match where Momoa Curry, he called his shot. A match where Momoa Curry said he was going to leave victorious and then go on to win the JWF 
Championship. And he did it, didn't he? And he is still the JWF World Heavyweight Champion, which is why the Rat Boy Connor and Victor here. Sip, how's it going? We're gonna call a little shot of our own, and that shot involves the International Waters match. You see, the Rat Cinchin, they've been floating in what many call tag team purgatory because the dynasty they got those tag titles and that dynasty they're gonna fight whoever they want to fight it's not about wins and losses it's not about who deserves it it's all about their egos but one man who has been given opportunities all damn year is the champion of the jwf momoa Kirby. yeah you know he's the uh god of the JWF. Yeah, that's right, baby. And we want to take that opportunity right underneath his godly nose and run with it. So Victor and I are officially throwing our names into the hat for the Rough Waters match. And we are going to shock the world when we climb that ladder together, grab that briefcase, and become number one contenders to the JWF Championship. Because six other men may be fighting against one another, but Victor and I, we're going to be fighting together. And what's that saying about two guys, Victor? I, I, yeah, uh, it's something like uh, two, uh, two, uh, two heads is uh, awesomer than one, two two's better. better That's right, like that. baby, yeah. and for the first time ever, you are going to have the first ever duel. JWF World Heavyweight Champions and their name is The Rat Sension. Well, Tim's, it looks like some, these two, they're throwing their names into the hat. They want to be in the Rough Waters match. What do you think? Well, that just means I'll have to find six more people, I guess. Like I said earlier, so I need more warm bodies. I'm just running out ideas here. That's right, Tiz, but speaking of needing to find somebody, let's talk about your match that you are going to have at Los Trios Tangos where you team with the JWF champion Momoa Curry himself as you face off against the dastardly, vicious team of La Flambeau, the, the voodoo man from the Bayou, Mojo Gruff, the demon, Honeypot, and of course, the behemoth, the monstrous man known only as the Leviathan. Well, Sills, we will have a full team. And that's all I'm willing to say because we may not, not have the third one right now exactly, but we're looking. And I'm going to find someone who's exactly a... Uh, excuse me. Hey, hey, didn't, didn't mean to pop in. Uh, but uh, hey, hey, Pops. Well, well, welcome to the booth, uh, Chuck Tibbs, the son of Captain Tibbs. Chuck, how are you? I'm uh, all right, you know. I just wanted to pop in here and say, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to fight with you on this team. I, I mean, Los Trios Tangos—that's that's an amazing opportunity, and to, to stand with you, pops. I, I just want to—I think that that's gonna be just a history-making moment. Uh, we did it already at Wrestlepalooza, father and son, and we dominated. I, I think that I could be your third man. Chuck, I, son, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I just listen, bud. What happened the last time Mo Curry and I went 
toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Leviathan. It was, it was a war. It was something beyond anything in, in, in wrestling. It was, it, it was for the fate of all. I, I just, I, I'm, son, I, you know I love him, but I'm just going to have to politely decline. I think we need someone else. But really, truly, I, I admire your gumption. I, it just, breaks my heart to say it now. We need someone else for this task right now. I'm, I'm so sorry about it. Oh. Okay, well, uh... I... I guess, uh... You know where to find me. Okay, I'm... I'm, I'm just gonna head out now, alright? I'll, I'll see you later. Well, Tibbs, I, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, as, as your son is leaving, I gotta say you might have... As much as I hate to say it, I love Chuck, but you might have made the right decision right there. I mean, the Leviathan, the La Flambeau, we've seen them literally murder men in this ring, and I know, I, I know it would absolutely, it'd kill you to see that happen to your boy. I don't know, Sills, I, I think that was the hardest thing I ever had to do as the head of this company. That was just deny my son something that I think that he rightfully should have, but I, I'm just too worried about it, you know? Well, Tibbs, I mean, who knows? He might be able to hold his own. He might not, but for right now, why don't we just try to throw it out of our minds a little bit of action in this ring, and Tibbs, it is an action with two JXT call-ups, the men known as Houston Longhorn and Funky Flossie. I mean, they have been legends in the JXT company. I mean, Houston, the current JXT champion. And last week, they had a little bit of an alternation that led to them having this match made tonight. All right, look forward to this. Those my two new assignees. Of course, I want to see them go toe-to-toe. That's right, and Funky Flossy coming down to the ring. The crowd going wild. They love dancing with the Funk Master General. But oh my god, Houston Longhorn with a vicious sneak attack on Funky. His back was turned, just cheap shot him to the ground. And now Houston just peppering in a few kicks to the ribs for good measure. This is horrifying, Tips. This is not how I expected this match to start. I, I thought we were going to see something traditional, not, not a sneak attack by Houston Longhorn. He's kind of an asshole, though. That's right, Houston looking real proud of himself, boasting to the JWF universe, but Funky bouncing back to his feet. Houston trying for another kick, but ooh, Funky grabbing the leg and leveling Longhorn with that big enziguri to the head. And Tibbs, let me tell you something, Funky looking like he came for a fight. It's all fun and games until that bell goes ding, and Funky Foss Flossy proving it as he drags Houston to the center of the ring and springboarding off the ropes. Ooh, massive elbow drop. Going for that pinfall as Funky Flossie, one, two, ooh, and Longhorn kicking out at two. But Tibbs, let me tell you something, that high-flying offense of Funky Flossie, I think it might be what he needs to win this match. Yes, his supreme agility is something that I, I took notice of right off the bat. I, I, I think that he's faster than almost any man that I've ever seen. That's right. Now Houston trying to get back to his knees, using those ropes to pull himself back up, but Funky not relenting, going for a shining wizard. But wait, Houston ducking underneath, grabbing Funky with a roll-up, going for a quick three-count, but ooh, Funky kicking out at two. And now Houston Longhorn just looks furious, Tips. Mm-hmm. After all his devious tactics, of course, Houston Longhorn thought he would already have won by now. 
but Funky Flossy at this point, he's got a lot of tricks on his sleeve. That's right, and now Houston trying to argue the call with Shibata, our faithful referee, saying that it's a three count. The Dibs, I watched his mat, his handle hit that mat twice, but wait a minute. Houston not seeing it as Funky makes his way back to his feet, preparing for that Funky Kong, that vicious spin kick we've seen him use before. Oh, and there he goes, but wait a minute. Houston ducks out of the way, and that boot of Funky Flossie connects with the skull of Shibata, and our referee has been leveled, Tibbs. i like to say I'm surprised, Sills, but uh, Shibby, poor boy's got a glass jaw. That's right, the referee falling to the ground and now Houston taking no time to take advantage of the fact that we don't have a referee in that ring grabbing a steel chair, bring it into the ring. What in the world's Houston doing? Sills, it's not going to be good, I can tell you that. That's right, but wait a minute before he can get back in the ring. Funky with a beautiful tope suicida, sending that chair straight into the face of Houston Longhorn, absolutely leveling the JXT champion too. That's right, Sills. Top rope suicide That's right, but I've got to tell you, Funky, he's got to take advantage. Houston looking, he looks like he's been shook. Now he's got Longhorn back in the ring, and there is no missing it this time. Shibata's on the entire other side of the ring, going for the Funky Kong. But wait a minute! Houston ducks at the, at the last minute, and he's grabbed Funky by the neck, wrenching it around for that move that won him the championship itself. The cattle drive, absolutely leveling the Funk Master General, and Houston going for a pinfall. One, two, three. And Tibbs, after several dastardly tactics, after very little actual wrestling, it looks like Houston Longhorn has proven why he is the JXT champion with a less than decisive victory over the Funkmaster General, Funky Floss. Oh, so bad. I just, I, I just hate that. Seeing Houston Longhorn come in, barely do any actual wrestling, you know what? I want to see what Houston Longhorn actually made. I want to see Funky Flossie go to the extreme. Damn it! I'm the head of this company. I'm adding a vote to the international waters. All right, now Tibbs, I am. I'm gonna be honest. Did you did you do that because you because you were impressed, or just because you had no one else for the match? Sills, I told you I needed more bodies earlier. I don't know why you keep pushing. Well, with that announcement, Tibbs, it looks like we've got a lot of our matches. In fact, all of our matches, we just need bodies to fill them. Set for Los Trios Tangos, we are going to see the VWO face off against the Dynasty in the first ever Los Cuatros Tangos match. We are going to see the International Waters Ladder Match, where tonight it was announced the Rat Sension. Where I'm going to be joined by Funky Flossy and Houston Longhorn. Try to climb to the top of that ladder to ascend to the top to become the number one contender to the JWF Championship. And speaking of the JWF Championships, you are gonna be teaming with him and a third man who has yet to be announced to take on the vicious, demonic team known as La Flambeau. Yeah, Sills, it's definitely shaping up to be a night for the ages, isn't it? That's right, Tim, but of course, that's Los Trios Tangos. That's two weeks away. We still got one show left. And in order to hear it, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Blakey T.
Dylan has disappeared to go watch CM Punk videos. What did you learn this week? I learned that uh, no matter what happens, you can always find a divisive conversation about referees entering and people smashing their faces onto the map. And I learned the most vicious maneuver you can do to somebody on the outside of the ring is that vicious Tom Jones Sapasiba. The Tom Jones Sopapia, the most devastating <laughs> move in pro wrestling history. The Tabby Cat Super Cena. <laughs> so Dylan can be found on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where can they find you? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Instagram if you do so choose to watch my picture life. Uh, you can find me on the Darkroom Vidya, D-A-R-K-R-O-O-M-V-I-D-Y-A, for YouTube videos about video games. And you can just find me here on the BS Network, wasting my life away. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon. Check out my new podcast, Me Again. Make sure to rate it on iTunes and rate Fight Boys while you're there to shoot us up those iTunes charts because that's what we need more than anything. And if you want to find all the other programs on the BS Network, you can at a load of PRBS.com. Special thanks to Megaran for our theme song, Fighters. He made it specially for an AEW event, and we took it. I will say, uh, I'm doing a podcast launch challenge for the next BS Network program that's coming out December 7th, I believe it's called Deviant. It is an audio drama, and I'm super excited for it. You're cast in it, as soon as I can send you some shit to actually put in it. And today for the challenge, they wanted us to find the theme song and i've been submitting videos and i talked about how we got all the theme music for our shows and i was like well i left a comment on one of megaran's post and he gave it a heart so i assumed that meant yes so it's fine but of course, like I was saying, if you want to support, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS, merch.loadofpurebs.com, or at the end of the day, just leave us a review on iTunes, on Podchaser. It's the IMDB for podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Sean Spears, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!